This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Coming up on the program today, Harner Ryan Singh comes by in Hour 2 from the NHL on Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada. Soraya Tinker from the Toronto Six. Uh, she will be aboard. PHF season launches this weekend. Mike Kelly uh, from the NHL Network and Sport Logic joins me at the bottom of the hour. In the meantime, every day at this time, we go for a walk with Elliot Friedman. Today, no different. How are you today, Friedge? Actually, I'm not walking today. I'm on my way downtown, so I'm in an Uber, Jeff. Oh, very nice. We're uh, we're taking a drive uh, with yes. Elliot today. You know, Maddie and I were just swapping old Steve Durbano stories, and I was yeah. you know, if you heard, I'm the one of my information white whales is trying to find out which bar Durbano used to work at, what the name of the cocktail was that he created. I think it was a Toronto Life special. He won cocktail, you know, uh, the cocktail of the year, best Duke. I can't you can remember. probably find that. Uh, then. But I mean, everyone, I can't trust me, dude. I've looked for years. I really have. I've asked. I've asked everybody, and I always get sideways looks. Like Durbano did what? Because we always think of Durbano as you know, crazy tough Steve Durbano. The, mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. stories are legendary, but I've never been able to figure that one out. Do you have? By the way, do you have any sort of white whales like that? Things you're always trying. Like, I've got a couple. Like one of my big ones is trying to figure out. <clears throat> trying to figure out. You know, um, you know what the Montreal Canadiens offered Bill Torrey in exchange for the first overall pick that turned into to, to Dennis Potvin. Uh, I've always tried to find. I believe it was five roster players. I'm pretty sure that I know two, but I don't know the other three. Um, that's one of my white whales. Do you have those out there? Things you've been hunting for for years, but just can't nail down. Uh, yeah, um, we we talked about one of them on the pod today which was the infamous um, <clears throat> memo that uh, uh, the Blues sent out, oh. <laughs> uh, the, the christmas theme memo about who was available. Yeah. Uh, but nobody will give that one to me. There's always, you know, it's, it's a good question. I, I probably have to think about them from time to time. Um, there, there's a couple of stories I've hunted for, people who would talk about certain things and... And there's one in particular, and I'm not going to say it on the air because I don't ever want to lose it. But there's one person who knows I've been chasing them about a particular story, and uh, they 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 all I, at once a year I send a note. Is this different? And they always reply very politely, "No, I, I still don't want to talk about that." Um, but um, you know, I'm if I ever change my mind, I'll let you know. And they've never changed their mind. I'll tell you another one I did actually chase last year. And you would remember this gentleman, uh, Fred Arthur, who was a first-round pick yep. of the uh, Hartford Whalers. Um, or, sorry, I think it was Philadelphia, and then he later played for, I can't remember, I'm getting them mixed up right now. He's a doctor in London, and uh, he gave up uh, what would have been a pretty, I think, a pretty good NHL career. Like, he was a legit prospect. He was a first-round uh, pick to go into medicine. And, you know, I reached out to him last year, and, you know, he was he called me back. He was very polite also. Um, but, you know, it's just not something he wants to talk about. And so I think it's often not kinds of trades or things like that, but there's stories out there that I'd like to tell. And some people just prefer their mm-hmm. privacy. You know, he... Um... He's, you know, one of those guys. It's it's, in, it's an interesting story as well because I'm. It used to happen years ago, obviously before the NHL became the juggernaut that it is now. Like a lot of people made that decision. Like players that were super elite just walked away from the game. 
I can make more money in medicine. I can make more money being a school teacher. I can make more money working for my father's business. Like that used to happen with more regularity. Um, it just doesn't anymore. And to be honest with you, Elliot, I'm kind of surprised, especially now that we know about and are more sensitive to and understanding about, thankfully so, um, you know, mental health issues that people go through. I'm surprised that, uh, to be blunt, to be blunt with you, I'm surprised more people don't walk away, and just like just say, you know what? I mean, it does happen every now and then, but I'm I'm I am still surprised in all sports really that more players don't just walk away. Well, you know, it, it's it's a good topic, and it's probably a deeper topic than you and I could do in, in this interview. But it's a really good topic because, to be honest, I was having a conversation about this with someone this morning. Um, and you know, the, one of the reasons I think that, um, people don't walk away is the financial reward of it. And not because it's, you know, there's, there's not a lot of places where you're going to make the kind of money playing pro sports that you can anywhere else. Um, I think there's also, I generally do think that at the heart, the people who are elite level athletes and make the NHL really do love hockey mm-hmm. or really do love sports. Like, when you go out there and you just play, you know, Jeff, some of my favorite memories of growing up were, um, uh, you know, I went to high school at York Mills here in Toronto. There was a field right uh, a short walk from it, Banbury, and we would go there whenever the weather was good enough. We would go there after every day and just play baseball. And I, I think that though, I think for a lot of us, that's, that's the fun. When you get on the field to compete, and sometimes when you compete when there aren't coaches there, like you just play, like those are the most fun times of a lot of our lives, right? And so I, I think what happens is, and I think that's the big key thing right now is, can you coach and can you drive people to be the best they can be? You know, what did Allison Forsyth uh, talk about? The, the line between demanding and going over the line. And it's such a skill. Yeah. And I think also, too, Jeff, if you look at this day and age, you know, the social media is everywhere. It's, it's really changed people. The pandemic, everybody handled it differently. How are you affected more or less or same as others? Like, I really do think the last two to ten years, it's harder to be a teenager than ever. And uh, I think the like, I think the pressures of just, you know, now when you make a mistake, in any walk of life, really, you're out there. And not everybody is equipped to deal with that. And I think it's a huge, huge challenge for teenagers. This is, you're right, this is uh, for a bigger discussion, probably one that we should uh, probably park for the podcast. Um, Let me get into a couple of questions here for you. And by the way, Global Series, uh, today, 2 o'clock Eastern, uh, Colorado Avalanche facing off against the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Columbus Blue Jackets come up in this list of teams I'm going to ask you about now. Elliot, which teams, if you were their general manager, would you most be concerned about right now, today? I've got a list of five. Okay, Columbus is one of them. The Washington Capitals, the St. Louis Blues, the Minnesota Wild, or the Calgary Flames. If you were the GM, who would you who would you be most concerned about here of that mix? I would. My answer would probably be St. Louis. Um, I'm a, I'm 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 concerned for them because I think that um, I, I think there's a weird 
cha- like I would say weird. Um, I think there's a change in identity that's going on there. And uh, I think it's a huge, I think it's a huge turnover they're doing there. Like if you go back through their way that they played going to the winning the Stanley Cup in 2019 and look at them where they are today, it's, it's a big turnover. And I think that Doug Armstrong has always liked certain kinds of teams and Craig Barube has always liked certain kinds of teams and they were successful with that particular team. But now um, they, it's a very different team. And I think they're all mm-hmm. struggling to kind of change the group between where it was before and where it is now. And I think they still want to play that kind of way, but they don't have the same group. And I think it's a, I think it's a really big challenge for them and the one they're trying to they're really grappling with. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the St. Louis Blues, you know I keep the Bennington list and read it off off the uh, the top of the show again today. Um, players that he has gone after, and now we add Elias yeah. Sorokin to that list as well. That has Kane, Shemak, Dubnik, Grubauer, Ben, Clifford. Uh, now Elias Sorokin as well. <clears throat> How do you look at that? Like there's 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 two already this year in Kane and Sorokin. Um, and on the one hand, you could understand the frustration. And then on the other hand, you might look at it and say, all right, come on, like en- en- enough of this. How do you look at Jordan Bennington right now? I just think that he is who he is, right? Um, I think on, on some level, uh, I think he's trying to motivate his teammates. Um, like if you look at what Doug Armstrong said this week, they basically said the goals they're giving up are absurd. You know, he, he referred to them as tap-ins, backdoor tap-ins. And, look, you know Bennington. This is the way he's wired. This is what he does. Okay. Now, I have to say that against the Islanders, if there was one team that would have, like, gone after him, I thought it would have been that one because they have guys there mm-hmm. who would definitely do it. I guess, ultimately, you decide... Um, you you ultimately you decide not to punch goalies, I guess. So probably the, the smart thing there. But <laughs> I just think that that like that's who he is, Jeff. And you're not going to change him. And he was like that when he was successful, and he was like that when he was not successful. And that's how he's going to react. I think on some level he's doing it to fire up not only himself but his teammates. And uh, so that's what mm-hmm. I look at. I mean, someday Jeff, someone's going to do something about it. Like someone's going to call him on it, and we're going to see what happens. And he's probably remember uh, Ray Emery. You know, he Ray Emery wanted to do it, and he loved the opportunities he was given to do it. And I wonder what when oh, yeah. that happens, is Biddington going to be the same way? It's funny. Someone te- I was saying to Maddie off the top. I got a text from someone last night. Are you watching the Islanders Blues game? Uh, can someone please just sign Mike Smith to a one-game contract? Uh, just to play against the St. Louis Blues, um, just to get it over with. Well, we'll see what happens here with uh, with St. Louis. Um, <clears throat> a couple of things I want to get into with you. So, Hockey Night in Canada this week, uh, the three early games, Bruins and Leafs, Knights and uh, Habs, Flyers and Sens. Uh, the late games, Preds and Canucks. More on the Canucks in a second. But that Devils-Flames game, uh, New Jersey coming off the big win, a huge third period for New Jersey last night as they beat the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames, 
uh, drop a tough one to the Nashville Predators. Uh, all of a sudden, Elliot, that game's huge for Calgary. That is it. And before they head out on the road trip, that's a that's a really huge game for the Calgary Flames. That is a really huge game for Calgary. And you know, the thing too is, like when I watch Sutter, I, I listen to not only how he says things, but what he says. And if you watch him in the post game last night, he took aim at his defense. He said they were not interested in engaging anybody or really doing what it took to defend. And that is one of the areas of the Calgary Flames that we were not supposed to be worried about this year. And I, I thought that was yeah. that was really interesting. I mean, all of a sudden they're playing an opponent tomorrow night who's on fire. They just got their biggest they just got their biggest win of the year. They, they look really good, and if anyone's going to challenge Calgary's defense right now, it'll probably be in a different way than Nashville because they're not as big as Nashville, but they're fast and they're really skilled. And I, I'm very curious to see how that blue line reacts tomorrow because Sutter took – the first thing he said last night, if you watched his press, or at least – sorry, I should say the clip that I saw, the first thing he talked about was his defense. And the first thing he talks yeah, that about is, uh, is usually the thing he is bothered by the most. That you're uh, you're bang on. We thought, you know, with all due respect, I mean, Colorado probably has the best blue line in the NHL. But after that, we looked at the Calgary Flames and said, yeah, you know what? Calgary Flames are right there. You know, with the, uh, the addition of Mackenzie Weger, you know, all of a sudden that Calgary Flames blue line looks real deep and really strong and looks like a blue line uh, that Daryl Sutter would love. Um, on the podcast, we did a lot on the Devils and the Oilers. Just a, a quick thought coming off of that game. And by the way, uh, don't look now, but Connor McDavid scores again. Wash, rinse, repeat. Uh, ditto Leon Dreisaitl. But at the end of it, it's the soon-to-be very high-priced help of Jesper Bratt that scores the game winner for the Devils. That was really an unbelievable victory. A, a huge win for New Jersey. I, I was really, when it was 3-1 and Blackwood was out and Vanacek was scored against on his first shot, mm. I was basically changing yeah. the channel and saying this game was over. And a lot of, like I saw the quotes from the Devils in the post game, which is, you know, they basically talked about how um, if you want to be a good team, those are the games you got to win. And I completely agree with that. And I think some of us were wondering, okay, their schedule's a bit soft. How good is this team really? I think we got our answer last night. Now, Jeff, I just want to uh, mention something. Um, so Boston has yes. announced that it has signed uh, Mitchell Miller. Now, there will be people who might have forgotten uh, Miller's story. Um, um, and uh, the, basically, Miller was drafted by Arizona a few years ago, and uh, his selection was renounced uh, by the Coyotes once uh, allegations surfaced of uh, bullying in school. And, um, you know, he, he wanted to go to North Dakota. They wanted, the hockey program wanted to bring him in to play, but it was too hot at the time. And initially they said yes, and then they had to change their minds. And uh, this has been brewing, I believe, for about, uh, for some time. Um, I was kind of working on it uh, the last few days, um, as I was trying to figure out exactly what was going on here, Don Sweeney is going to meet with the media in about 35 minutes, and Miller's going to Providence. You know, I, I just wanted to say I, I'm I, uh, I'm really torn on this story. I am. 
Um, he's going to be 21. Um, uh, I'm going to be 20. Uh, he was going to be, he's going to be 21 and it was 14 when it happened. So I'm, I'm torn about the whole feeling of when does someone deserve another chance to prove that something they did when they were 14 is not who they are now. And the understanding that if it was my kid, uh, that, um, it was my kid that was the victim. I don't think I would ever forget. And I, I don't think I would ever let that go. I will say this. I understand the Bruins did a lot of work here and I'll see what Don Sweeney has mm-hmm. to say when he meets with the media. But I was told there was no small amount of work that the Bruins did into this. And I'm curious to see what they have to say. But I think they considered this for quite some time. And they did a lot of work into it. And there was a lot of things that I think they wanted to hear or be convinced of before they said yes. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'm curious to see what they have to say. But I have to admit, as a person, I'm torn on the whole thing between... The young man deserves another chance, and the uh, and just that if it was my kid, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever forgive. But you know, I'm I want to hear what Sweeney has to say. I want to hear Sweeney. Uh, I'd like to hear from Mitchell Miller as well. Um, Eustace King would be the agent here. Um, probably good to to hear from from him as well. I'm I'm like you. Uh, I'm split on this one, and I think you know many people listening, and certainly I am, and I, I know you are as well, are, are big second chance um, people, and you know the idea of what you do at 14 defines you for the rest of your life um, is a complicated statement. Um, I want to hear from all of them, and again, words are words are halfway. Words words open the door, and then after that, it's all about um, the actions. Um, I, I think we all suspected that somewhere down the road, Mitchell Miller was going to end up with the team. I think that was, we, we all know the, the NHL. Do we know if there were any other teams that were interested or was it? I, I believe there were. Do you have I any believe idea? There were. Yeah, I believe yeah. there were. I don't, I don't think this was a one team thing. I think there were a number of teams who considered, um, uh, there were a number of teams who considered it. Uh, ultimately, it was the Bruins who made the choice to do it. Um, like I said, I'm curious to see what Sweeney has to say. Um, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know how to say it other than I, I, I would say this, Jeff. I'm really torn on it. I don't, you know, I, I, I'm trying to be as honest as I can, and that's how I feel. I torn between. Kenny, he was 14 then. He's almost 21 now. He deserves a chance to prove he's changed and. Knowing that if it was my son, I'd never forgive. I don't disagree. Uh, we'll end on that one. Um, okay, we'll uh, we'll watch for you on Hockey Night in Canada tomorrow night uh, during the always popular second intermission first segment. Um, in the meantime, enjoy your Friday and uh, enjoy uh, enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you uh, soon. All right, buddy. Speak to you soon. There he is. Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada. Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts, the NHL on Sportsnet as well. Yes, the Boston Bruins uh, have indeed signed defenseman Mitchell Miller, who was involved in a very ugly incident when he was 14 years old, um, involving just as a blanket statement because what happened was pretty heinous. Let's just call it bullying. 
Um, now his statement, uh, he says, you know, he, he, he cops to the, you know, the, the bullying. <clears throat> he says this, when I was in eighth grade, I made an extremely poor decision and acted very immaturely. I bullied one of my classmates. I deeply regret the incident and have apologized to the individual. Since the incident, I've come to better understand the far-reaching consequences of my actions that I have failed to recognize and understand nearly seven years ago. I strive to be a better person and positively contribute to society. As a member of the Bruins organization, I will continue to participate in community programs to both educate myself and share my mistakes with others to show what a negative impact those actions can have on others. To be clear, what I did when I was 14 years old was wrong and unacceptable. There's no place in this world for being disrespectful to others, and I pledge to use this opportunity to speak out against mistreating others. 